Hello and welcome back to the Double Post Podcast. As always, I'm Reese. I'm Charlie. And uh, we're going to be breaking down uh, some Timbers. We are doing that. We'll also talk some USMNT. Yeah, USMNT. <laughs> Apologies for the voice. It's allergy season again in Eugene. It's, it's always allergy season for Charlie. but uh, That's true. But, but especially... especially right <laughs> I, I woke up this morning and I felt like I would smoked a whole pack last night. <laughs> it was terrible. I actually had a dream the other night where I, like, I was super congested and I like, had a dream where I like, couldn't breathe and I woke up and I was like super congested, but damn, it was just like one day, it wore off pretty fast. You ever sleep in a mask? I have never fallen asleep in a mask. It can be quite nice if you, you have like, allergies. Like you, like you intentionally sleep on it or like you're yeah. super drunk and you pass out with it on? Yeah, like when I stay at a, a friend's house, a certain friend's house that has hay, like they have a rabbit, so they have hay in like the, the living area. So whenever I stay on their couch, I have to wear a mask. <laughs> it's funny. so depressing, dude. Like I'll wait. I just can't fall asleep unless I do. And then also, like I feel like it'd be kind of weird if you come to you invite someone to spend the night and then they're like put on a mask when they go to bed. You're like, I know. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, the Timbers drew Orlando one one, and it was a nice, bright, sunny day. Yeah, Portland, more, more dropped points, more dropped points, which sucks, but we still have ex- plenty of excuses. So. Yeah, you know what? It's early season Timbers. I think during the game, they actually pulled up the graphic of, like, the Timbers, like, on the month-by-month basis. Oh, like they? they? Yeah, they broke the season down into, like, three equal chunks and, like, basically gave, like, the Timbers, like, total, like, MLS Cure point averages for each month. And it's just, like, our first few months of the season are just so much lower. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's bad. I would like to make a point about that, though, because I was looking at... I was cleaning up some old spreadsheets from last year's season, and I noticed that the Timbers actually had a negative expected goal difference over the entirety of the season. I told yeah, you, you mentioned that to me. Which is baffling for a team that nearly won MLS Cup and hosted yeah. it, right? Um, my theory about this is that, you know, sure, the Timbers had some really terrible performances that that sway some of those numbers, like the Philly game oh, where God, we lost 3-0. Yeah. Obviously, the Seattle game, Seattle game like a couple others, but you know, we also had some really good games that you would think balance stuff out. And it's not a large, it's not a wide margin. I should probably pull it up so I can just tell you the numbers instead of making you guess. Depending on which service you use, it was either like a, a, a let's see, MLS had us at one point six eight expected goals for per game, and they had us at one point eight one against. And then Football Reference had us at 1.47 expected goals per game and 1.72 against. So it's still a negative goal difference. Yeah, no, definitely like not like an anomaly. You know, it's really negative. Overall, I mean, we scored 1.7 goals per game and allowed 1.5. So it's not like, you know, we, we outperformed our XG, which is what you're supposed to do. But I guess we got a little bit lucky on defense or had Steve Clark, however you want to look at it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Steve Clark was a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it again, I know we talked about this in an earlier episode, but if you look at his advanced stats from last season, he was one of the best keepers in the league. Yeah, he was, he was great last season. Yeah. Oh, my! so my whole point of this is that uh, I don't really think this is a problem. Like, I don't, I don't see a big problem with this. Like, sure, we... You know, it'd be nice to have some new defenders. We've been talking about that forever, pretty much. But um, the Timbers are a team built for MLS in a sense that they're a playoff team. 
Yeah. We play like a playoff team. We play with passion, we play with energy, and we create when we need to, we can create a ton of chances. I think we saw that a little bit of that in this game against Orlando. We certainly saw it in the playoffs last year. Uh-huh. And I mean, I should also add an asterisk to that statement. Like we can create chances when Sebastian Blanco is Yeah, I think again, one of the big problems with uh us this season has been obviously like the limited availability of Blanco. Um and then we kind of what we hoped was that Santi would be able to take over that role, but from what we've seen so far, he's not really been able to fill obviously not fill the shoes entirely, but like he's been a severe drop off in like playmaking. Um and then add yeah. on to that like swapping out Mora for Nizgoda, who like is less of a playmaker uh than Mora, um, has led to us having like kind of some problems with creativity in the final third. Yeah. But I mean again, it's once we get people back and healthy, Williamson, um, who actually yeah. finally got yeah. on the pitch. For a couple minutes. Um, I don't actually know if he even touched the ball. Actually, we looked it up. He touched the ball twice. Two touches. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's another player who will give us a lot of that creative help out of the midfield. So I, I, I see what you're saying. And I kind of agree that like going forward, I think a lot of the issues are correctable. At least offensively. Yeah. Defensively is going to be more challenging. Again, when we have Blanco, even in this limited capacity, we still are creating chances. Uh-huh. Like, the offense is fine when we have Blanco out there already. So yeah, it's so it. funny. Like, there's so many of the games we've had. It's just like there's like it's a tale of two, not even two has a tale of two like periods. Yeah, the pre Blanco period, yep, and then yeah. there's the period with Blanco <laughs> where all of a sudden we look like a dangerous attacking team again. Yeah, that's that's a great take. I like that. Um, so in this game, the Timbers started uh, in their usual, you know, usual lineup. At this point, Bravo, Zuberich, McGraw, Van Rankin. Well, I guess Zuberich is new. He's back. Yeah, it was good to see him Zuberich start. is back. Um, and McGraw got the start ahead of Tuiloma. Well, Tuiloma um, who is gone. off with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is off um, on international duty with New Zealand. Uh, yeah. Doing oh, yeah. pretty well with New Zealand, by the way. So he's got three goals now, I think, in this like in this call-up cycle yeah. for New Zealand. Uh, Not bad. That brace against the Solomon Islands, which is a place. Yeah. Apparently. Um, no disrespect. I love I love watching those tight. You know I love watching those yeah, no, countries play. Uh, but we'll talk about World Cup qualifying later. We got we yeah yeah we'll, we'll circle back that. to that. Anyways, uh, the usual fullbacks Bravo and Van Rankin. We'll talk about their performances later. Uh, Diego Chara, Christian Paredes, and then Espria Moreno, Chara, Jimmy Chara. That is Nyes Goda. Nothing new. You know the lineup. Yeah, uh, pretty much the same. If thing. you're listening to this podcast, you already know what the lineup is. Uh, you want to run through Orlando's? Um, I would, but I'm terrified of how I'm going to pronounce their keeper's name. I think I went with Stadj. I'm, I'm Stadjuhar. <laughs> Stadjuhar. Okay, just, just say it fast. Maybe. Uh, yeah, their keeper Stadjuhar. Um, and then they got Moutinho um, at left back. He's good. Jansen and Carlos center backs, um, and then Tixera, uh as their right back. Um, and then Akindele, um, right wing, um, you've got Junior Urso. Yeah, Junior Urso at, um, holding mid, Araujo is their other holding mid. Um, and then, oh. Pereira. Uh, and I lost it. Yeah, oh yeah, Pereira's attacking mid, um, Michelle on the left, and then Pato up top. Pretty simple stuff. Pato's kind of, like... Hyped, overhyped, I, I guess I, safe to say. To be honest, was it, I was expecting more from Pato this game yeah. than what I saw. It's just because like, you've heard his name yes. from 10 years ago. Yep. Uh, he's a guy who feels like he should have been in MLS a long time ago, honestly. 
Um, Pereira is their best player. It seemed like in, in this game, at least. Uh, uh, Diego Chara fouled him three times in the first like half hour. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then it's oh managed to save off a yellow too, which is surprising. And he also so Diego Chara needs three more fouls after this game. To take hold of the all-time MLS record. All for right. Fouls. So is it Beckerman who has it? I think so. I think it's Beck. I can't remember exactly, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Beck. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. Go, yeah. go, Chara. Yeah, he's right he there. Did, he deserves it. He deserves but, it. Oh, my point was he was almost. He was halfway there. In the last game, he was on well on his way, and then he was a good boy in the second half. He didn't make any fouls in the entire second half. Uh, he also, I think he avoided a yellow card even after fouling Pereira three times. Yeah, he did. In the game, which, <laughs> all right, <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, the Timbers would pick up more cautions along the way, but we'll get to that in due time. Do you want to do general thoughts before we do timeline, or do you want to um, I never remember what we do, to be honest. I think it's because we kind of just play it by ear usually. Okay. Um, let's start off with timeline. We'll, we'll right. intersperse general thoughts throughout and then at the end let's do it um so yeah the timbers were the rose kits which by the way like this is a great this would have been a great color matchup if it was like our greens versus their like whites yeah i like the rose kits don't overuse them it's like a song that gets overplayed it just gets old really really fast yeah, I, I, I would say that, like, I feel, I get your sentiment. I think, like, maybe it's a little bit harsh because I do really like them. And, like, maybe just because yeah. they're so new, I really like seeing them. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, if, if we're overusing them in times where the color schemes don't match up very well, it's going to get tiresome. Not that these don't match up necessarily. It's just, like, we're watching teams in pink and purple play out there. Yeah. Like, I, whatever. What, what, what's, what's wrong with that? Well, I hate purple. You know this. Oh, yeah. I'm not a big purple, purple guy in general. I, I'm not, see, I've always been a purple fan. Really? Yeah. Well, it's for me, It's part of it is because uh, dark blue is purple for me. Yeah. Oh, you've yeah. Seen, you've seen me take the colorblindness test. We've, <laughs> we've been through this. They're the same color. Yeah. Uh, me and Charlie actually found this out. We were watching like a YouTube video where someone like took the colorblind test in high school, and Charlie's like, "Wait, I can't see no, half dude, of these." It was the it was the H three yeah it was the it was parody the, video of like it was the Logan, Logan it was the Logan Paul Jake one Paul or yeah whatever. yeah <laughs> it's a pretty good video uh, with iDubs. yeah that is that's an old school YouTube classic right yeah, there it really is not like old school old school but. Damn, that's sad that it is old school for us, though. It, yeah, like, I mean, it's was, like, what, 2017, 2016? I was going to say at least five years ago, yeah. Yeah. Probably more than that. I don't know. I think it's somewhere in that era, but I'm not sure. Anyway, back to the game. Um, the first half was honestly kind of uneventful. It was boring. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty boring. Like, there really just weren't a lot of, like, cut-and-dry chances for either team early on. Yeah, I could think of one that we'll get to. But yeah, there's the one. one. Um, I think like the first like probably sh- like serious shot of the game. I think it was Pato, um, who like took like r- took a shot from outside of the box. And I, I mean, we've been this before. It was like I don't know if it was deflected or if it was just like the weakest shot ever. But like it might be the yeah. most comfortable save I've ever seen. Like any keeper have to make. Yeah, and I feel like Ivicic has had a lot of those this year. Um, yeah. I want to see him. He's like the shots he faces are either 
virtually impossible to save or extremely possible to save. We've seems not, like there hasn't we've not seen a lot of like we haven't seen them really tested in a lot of cases. You yeah, know? tested's a good word for it. Yeah, I remember there was one. Uh, he had one good save that was Dallas, he had one really good save against Dallas. He also had one that he let in that he shouldn't have. Well, yeah, I remember. Um, but that falls into the easy category. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Like Steve Clark was one of those one guys who's like the master at like saving that one where you're like you don't like really know if the keeper can get to it or not. Like yeah. it looks like a really good shot. And he makes like, pulls, it yeah, he pulls the save out. Um, yeah, that's facts. His Steve Steve's reflexes were just crazy. Yeah, they really were. But Great that reflexes. is, I'm assuming that's pretty much what goes first when you start getting old is things like reflexes. So. Yeah. Um, anyways, point being on Ivicic, like, I think the verdict is still kind of out on him, you know, Uh maybe a little bit underwhelming so far, but I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be Steve Clark. Yeah. But you know, it's not, it's not really clear whether he's like how, how, how like his overall performance is going to be. It's also not necessarily fair. Like obviously Clark was our last keeper. So like that comparison makes sense. But Uh I mean, when you think about roster building wise, Clark isn't on the team, not because he wasn't a good keeper, but because he wanted too much money. Yeah. that It's that simple. Like, even just is cheaper, and this is what you get when you have a cheaper keeper. Yep. And you don't need a Steve Clark-level keeper to win. You don't, It's not a necessary qualifier. Uh, yeah. Anyways. He was a big part of our team last year, but, like, I, yeah, you're right. You don't, like, need a top-level keeper. But, okay, like, think about it this way. Even when... Clark was doing really well last year for us, and our defense was still shit. We were still bad. That's true. That's true. Like, Steve Clark, you know, he was still decent when the defense got better, but we started winning because the defense got better. So, <laughs> fighting off a yawn at, what, 1.30? Oh, God. I don't, don't even... I don't want to think about what time it is. I mean, it's only one person at the end of the day. I mean, the goalkeeper is a very important position, but, like... You know, the, the rest of the defense, you're right, has a bigger impact than just the keeper. Yeah. All right. Uh, we keep getting off track because, like, there's really not much to talk about in this first half. I know, man. There's, like, that the junior or so cross. Zach McGraw had a good first half. I noted that. He had yeah. a really good first half. He was stepping well. They were trying to deny Pato from getting the ball. Um, and he, like, he, like, poked it away with his toe, with his foot on in the 16th minute, which was nice. You know, he was on top of it. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Uh-huh. Do you want to just jump ahead to the Perez chance? Because I really don't think there's anything else worth talking about. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the next thing that happens. 22nd Um, minute, you want to start this one? No, this was, there was, it was after this, remember? Oh, right. Yeah, that was the bad Van Rankin cross. Yeah. um, On the 22nd. Yeah, he had one on the 22nd, but the the Perez chance came in the the 30th minute. Um, A nice little bit of combo play uh, through the middle. Perez feeds it to Santi, wide to Van Rankin. Um, Van Rankin takes a touch into space. Um, and whips in a beautiful ball, by the way. A really beautiful ball. It's over the keeper, through the defenders. And what Paredes does is after he makes that initial ball into Santi, he f- continues his run diagonally, spots a hole in the defense where like their right center back is picking up to their left center back is picking up Jimmy, and he f- slits in right behind the center backs in between the outside back. Great little pocket of space. Van Rankin whips the ball in. And it's just over his head, like just barely past him. He like dives out for it and doesn't manage to quite get it on target. Should still be scoring. Yes, should still be scoring. Hundred percent. Yes, he he. All he has to do is get his head in front of the ball, and he can't miss. So like, you just have to lay out a little more there. I mean, should be a goal. 
So Reese, classes started this week for us. They right? did start this week. One of my classes, I've been talking to you about this, is data journalism, right? Uh-huh. Just interpreting numbers. Uh, now, as I learned by taking our five-point math quiz, I'm um, no, I'm no math whiz, <laughs> but I want to do some counting here. How many Timbers players are in the box by the time Van Rankin hits this cross? We have five players in the box. I think Van Rankin's in the box too. So oh yeah, if you count, well, if you, five, five. technically, if you count Van Rankin at six because he's right in, right around the box. We have five players in and around the box: three near post, one far post, and then one kind of like hedging far, but not like truly far. And that would be Paredes, the yeah. guy who's wide open in the gap between uh, their right back and Antonio Carlos, their right center back. Yeah, that's beautiful. Run. He, picks up, he picks up a ton <laughs> of space with a great run there. And the the way that this the way that we get numbers in the box is really interesting too. It's not interesting, I guess, but it's just really well done. Uh, it's like a little combo play where like it almost looks like a fast, even though their defense is more or less set, it looks like a fast break. Yeah. You know, it's a little like we're running, one pass wide, and everyone just continues their movement forward, you know, like it's a fast break. Yeah. It's not like if people are staying in their position, people are like moving as a unit. Really, really great fluid play. Um, great, like, I mean, the offense does really well here to, like, get in the right spots, attack with numbers, attack quickly. Uh, if Van Rankin dribbles this down closer to the six and put and uh, puts a ground cross in, it's basically a Manchester City goal. Yeah, that's a, I didn't think about it like that, but yeah. That's what that's, it looks like facts. every yeah, time, right? Perfect. You just throw, his, throw all your numbers in the box and, like, kick it towards yeah. the middle. <laughs> It'll yeah, go in. <laughs> uh... So yeah, Perez missed the header. I mean, it it's past him. It's a little bit past him, but like I, I really, I do that. think he can get in front of it. I, I think if he lays out a little like, more, watch like, his reaction after the header, and you tell me if he thinks he should have scored it because yeah, he's not too hyped about it. Um, yeah. Kudos as well to Van Ranken for this ball. We give him a lot of shit, but uh, this great is an ball. amazing, amazing pass. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a great play. It really was kind of like a fast break, even though like their defense was set. You know, it was a one-two from Santi. You know, gets it, uh, gets it into Paredes from Chara, um, and then another like little one-two kind of that goes out wide. Um, it was really nice, fluid passing. It, this was a great movement from the saying, Timbers. Man, the Timbers play some beautiful soccer sometimes, even yeah. without Blanco. Like. I don't know. It's just everybody, like you said, everybody being on the same page, making these runs. Also, Nizgoda makes a good run, too. Keep, uh-huh. Takes a beating from the keeper as well. Yeah. So, you know, decent stuff. Anyway, I, I think... Best chance of the game, easily, I yeah. think. Probably better than the, their open play goal. Yeah, maybe. probably. Uh, anyways, I will also say, though, this is Orlando City's backup keeper. And he completely misses the punch. Like maybe Gaese, a better keeper, gets to that. Yeah, I think something. I think honestly, maybe he shouldn't even go for it unless he's like already well off his line because he's pretty far away from him and he's really not that close to it. So like, yeah, obviously if you give up a free header there, you're gonna get scored on a lot. But I think going for it, like I just you don't I didn't, leave the net. Yeah, open. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he could have gotten to it. I just like I that said, not that that necessarily would have made a difference if Paredes doesn't like hit it right at him, but no. Still, I'm, yeah, maybe a keeper mistake, but doesn't end up costing him. Uh, so, we remained scoreless until halftime. Uh, I don't... I mean, they had one nothing. shot from distance, I remember, that like looked decent, but Ivicic stayed pretty comfortably. Nothing, nothing really happened at the um, end of the first half, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I think overall for like the first half, we clearly had the best chance 
Um, they maybe had more lesser chances, but the game was relatively even, I'd say. Yeah. Um, you that's a fair assessment. You were doing a very good job creating, um, with the exception of that one um, main play. But our defense looked pretty good. They got they both our center back Zuperich and McGraw looked really solid in that first half. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, a pretty boring half, but you know, I guess it was fine. It was kind of acceptable, only on the condition that like we have people coming in the second half and like provide an attacking spark. Plus, historically, we've been kind of a late goal team anyway. Exactly. So, and those people are Sebastian Blanco. Yeah. So, who is still one of the best so chance like, creators in MLS, especially at Providence Park. Historically, we've very much been a second half team with Blanco yeah. coming off yeah. the bench. You know, with our other options, I felt pretty decent at halftime that we could get attackers in the game and change it up. Yeah. Um, however, my optimism <laughs> did not last for super long time. Yeah, seven less than seven minutes into the second half. Uh, I want to start this earlier than where the action actually starts on this play. So, number four, whoever that is, probably Moutinho, tries to cross it. It's headed away by Zuperich, and then Van Rijken just kind of like kicks at it with the outside of his foot instead yeah. of like fully clearing it. Uh, and it, it goes right to back to Orlando City. They recycle possession. Urso... Plays a ball to Pato near the top. What is that? Like 10 yards from the top of the box? Um, 10, yeah, more 8, or less. whatever. More or less. Uh, Urso immediately keeps making the run. Um, and Pato's, Pato like tries to hit him with the 1-2. Dyron blocks the first attempt. And then Pato like, just yeah, does the same he, movement. Yeah, it's funny. He like, goes to chip it and Dyron blocks it. And it lands right back on Pato's foot. And he makes the exact same pass. All exact in the span of like half of a second. Yeah. That all happens. It was crazy. Um, uh, and it's but of a course, dot of a pass. And of course, it completely <laughs> catches the entire Portland defense sleeping. And it is, you're right, it's a great pass. But I don't know how much of this was intentional. If you saw him or if he was just trying to kick at it. But... It is an unbelievably yeah, good pass. Good I don't really think he has his head lifted up. He doesn't. Like he's, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know. I mean, if he does see it, that's some Leo Messi shit because that is an unbelievable pass. The more I watch him. this, this is. A, oh, by the way, Urso gets it back and scores it. Uh, yeah. Just, by the more, the more I watch this, the more it looks like a real MLS type goal. Like, yeah, you can't really pre- do much to prevent that other than like you know properly clearing the ball or. I mean, it whatever, just, it's but. just like. Obviously, it's hard whenever you give the ball away really soon after, um, really soon after you like win it back. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing, like the the biggest thing, if we're gonna look down to like why this happened, is just like the the positioning of the Timbers players. I mean, they just fall asleep, really. Urso never gets um, tracked by anyone. Yeah, and I, I get it that like the the deflection and the second entry ball kind of caught a lot of people off guard, but like. They have two open players who are just streaking to goal with no one on him. Urso and uh, Akindele. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if that ball goes to Akindele, he also has a tap in. So like, you just got to re- react quicker. And of course, once he picks it up, Van Rankin tries to slide over. Um, Zuperich is keeping no him on sides. Yeah. Actually, he's on sides anyway. But Zuperich keeping Akindele on sides, way too far back to come over. McGraw is pushed up, completely out of position, and um, he gets just a wide open tap in on the doorstep. Yeah, Van Rankin can't get across in time to block it. Uh, not that you expect that, but... Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking at anyone who was out of position, it was probably McGraw for the most part. Yeah. But, like, as just in general, like, when when they're attacking your net and, like, looking to slide a ball in, you should probably be following the runners. Yeah. And 
it just kind of doesn't really matter like what position you're playing. Like there should be a man on each runner. Yeah. Um, and we just don't mark them up at all. And as a result, they get an easy tap in. Well, yeah. As we were talking to our friend about yesterday, like we were our friend who doesn't really know soccer. We tried to explain what center back was to her. Oh you're, yeah, you're gonna have right. to play center back in your tournament. Yeah. We were like. Basically, what you need to know is that like you'll get blamed for stuff when bad things happen, and you don't get to do a lot of fun stuff. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's some. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, there's um, there's some there's some pleasure <laughs> to be had in playing center back when you do it well. You know, it can be fun, but it's not as it's not necessarily the most exciting position, depending yeah. on the game. I would say the same thing about chores. About chores. Yeah. There's a certain uh, essence of like <laughs> thoroughness that you get from it, but oh, okay, I see of you're completion. Saying. Yeah, I guess. I guess I, I'm not really going. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, Blanco comes on ten minutes later, takes off Espria, who had another rough game. Espria has not been great. Not not the the Espria we saw in 2021 has not uh, shown up. He's yet having in much lower of a frequency of those moments where you go, "Holy shit, Iron! How did you do that?" Uh, like, he had one move, I know it was on the near side, where he, like, got around somebody somehow, like, when they should have had the rights to the ball, but... Uh, oh, yeah, was that the one where you, like, just hit him? I don't know if he hit him, I think he, like, tapped it around him and then, like, like muscled his way through the challenge and, like, still got something like that. Okay. Maybe he hit him, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't not like a punch, but I mean, he just, like, just, like, shoulder to shoulder yeah. and, like, dumped, dumped him on the ground. Yeah, I mean, the shoulder from Espria is, like, a yeah. punch to the face, so... <laughs> uh, Pretty much. Um, Hopefully, you can get going. I guess I don't really know what else yeah, to say about that. The, the the big thing is not just that he's not having good performances, but like he's like has no impact on the game. There's like several games now, he's just had next to no impact. Which even like when he wasn't playing very, even when like Spirit wasn't at his best, he usually still had some sort of impact in the game, whether it was like positive or negative, just like being yeah. in spaces, you know. And he was several games where we've just seen him not really do anything. He did have a bike attempt in this game. Uh, oh, he did. On a clear, it was on a clearance. Oh, so he's I mean, like, what? Well, remember what we said about a spree of bike attempts? No, I don't. Well, I remember we have a count for it. Well, the ca- the deal was that we had to take a shot for everyone. Oh, Jesus, really, dude? It's it's two eleven p.m. right now. All right, I'm gonna grab the. All right, you grab it. I'll do the next chance. <laughs> so Blanco comes on, and we instantly get better. Who would have thunk? Um... He has a great little pass to Santi right here. Santi's at the top, like, corner of the 18. Uh, and Santi flicks it back, little back heel, gets it through three defenders. It's pretty brilliant. And then Blanco has Jimmy Chara and Yezgoda running, like, right in front of him. And he does, he chooses to take the shot, which was a pretty weak one. This is kind of a theme from Blanco in this game, unfortunately. Couldn't really get his shots powerful enough. Um, but it was a good chance nonetheless, and it was a pretty clear... Jesus Christ... It was a pretty clear indicator of how this game was going to look with Blanco in it. Um, yeah. All right. The shots have been poured. Dude, that is a large shot. Oh, my God. It's just a regular shot. What am I doing? All right. This is great audio right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think taking shots translates as well when it's just uh, audio. <laughs> Probably not. Cheers. Oh my god. Oh. It's good gin, but. Yeah, not really shot taking gin. 
I don't want to open up oh, the... Oh, God, my hair's standing up. I don't want to open up the Maker's Mark because it was still sealed. Oh, yeah. And this no, was that, the only thing we had. we got to save that for the special occasion or something. Yeah. All uh, right. Once the Timbers win MLS Cup, we'll, we'll crack that, I think. Oh, God. Um, all right. Oh, jeez. I need some water. Yeah. Um, wait, where, where, where were we at? A uh, minute later, Orlando's on the other end. Oh, oh, yeah. They had another pretty decent chance where Van Rankin goes to sleep on a cross. <laughs> and, and Michelle just drifts right Puts in front Michelle of him. Michelle to sleep. Um, he, does, he does go and like basically just undercuts him. He like recovers and like can't actually contest the header. So he just undercuts him as he's up in the air. Yeah. Michelle's totally off balance and misses it. Um, Which I think, to be fair, I think he makes contact with the ball before Van Rankin hits him. He does, but he's like very clear. And he doesn't make a big deal out of it, but like... I don't know, man. That's it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit yeah. of a questionable play. No one, no one on the field made a big deal of it. But I remember seeing that and being like, "Yikes!" Like, yeah. So this is you one could of those, you could definitely claim that that should be a penalty. It's one of those Not chances that very much, because but. the header is so bad, you don't consider it that uh-huh. scary of a chance. Although, I mean, Michelle is like that's an almost free header. Yeah, and he's not the only one and in the box. I think the either. other thing is that, like, one, a big part of the reason why maybe it didn't look as bad is because Michelle kind of anticipates the contact and, like, moves himself out of the way, and there's not, like, as much of a hit. Mm. But, like, you've seen that called where, like, they call fouls even when there's no contact because the player has yeah. to, like, dive out of the way. And I think that's kind of some degree of that on this challenge. Um, another thing is he just completely whiffs on the header. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, very soon after this, Bravo gets his yellow uh just kind of an ill-timed challenge he doesn't win the ball and he's late uh so it's kind of an obvious yellow a couple minutes later van rankin has an even worse challenge and an even worse yellow this yeah is the first one this right on the stroke of 70 yeah minutes. i remember I, I i woke my dad up with this tackle because i was like yelling no. at the tv no because <laughs> like it, it was potter right he just like he has him on the, isolated on the wing and potter just rolls the ball backwards you know the pretty simple rollback and Van Rankin is grabbing onto him so hard he basically just it's like it's like a American football tackle two arms yeah, really takes is. him to ground right around the waist takes him right to ground it's like it, what are nice you doing turn, though. that's a really nice it turn. is a nice turn it is a nice turn but like Christ. is it really worth it I mean how would you not have a probably I, I would say this yellow card is worth it because Pato's got a lot of space back there. There's not a lot of well, what would be what would be better is actually being able to keep your man in front of you and you have him completely cornered against the sideline with nowhere true, to go. True. You know, well, instead of just like the yeah. first time he turns, you'd have like immediately have to take a yellow card because you can't recover at all. It's like ugh. anyway. I mean, whatever. I'm just I bring that I bring up the decision part of it because there's another decision that Van Rankin makes five yeah. minutes later. Yeah, again, you know, 71st minute. Oh well, a yellow card in a non-dangerous set piece taking area, not a big deal. You know, it's annoying. <laughs> yes, kind of a kind of a silly challenge, um, but it <laughs> even takes on much greater <laughs> meaning when in. The 76th minute, just a couple minutes later, uh, Pato receives the ball in the midfield in between um, Van Rankin and Chara, takes a touch to split them, and Van Rankin just grabs him by the jersey and pulls him back. Like This is this is really stupid. Um, it might be the most obvious yellow card like you can possibly see. And it's and completely it's unnecessary. a couple minutes after already getting a yellow card. Diego Chara, the best ball-winning midfielder in MLS, is right next to this play. He's all over this. I don't care if Pato has a step on him. It's Diego Chara. Yeah. You don't need to be fouling him right. You don't need to be fouling Pato right here. Much less, like, if you're going to foul him here, just, like, 
like do a normal foul. Don't like hold him back. You know. Yeah, you got you go in and go run for the ball or something. Yeah. But like when you grab the jersey, you make it trivially easy for the referee. No arguments. It's a clear yellow card, and because he already has yeah. a yellow card, it's a clear red card. That's all there yeah. is to it. It's like pretty. It's even. It's even more obvious than the the Bravo one against LAFC. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so anyway, Van Rankin gets himself a red card, uh, just yeah. like that, and we're looking like we're gonna drop three points in this match. Um, yep. Pretty bad spot yeah. being down a man and a goal with 15 minutes left. Most would say so. Yeah. Uh, however, comma, <laughs> dude, I think that gin like helped my throat somehow. I don't really? even know how. That's like completely counterintuitive, but I feel I probably sound a little bit better too. It burned the the allergy it's away. Schmutz out. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, a few minutes later, the Timbers keep attacking with ten men. Yeah, you know, no, we're working I honestly, really hard. I thought we let the Blanco effect. You know, we can actually attack mm-hmm. even with ten men. Well, um, we couldn't against LAFC, but... Yeah. yeah, but we weren't really trying against LAFC. That's true. We were trying. You know what? I'm glad you said that, because they tried in this game. Yeah. And I, we could not say that against FC Dallas. Oh so. my god, that FC Dallas. <laughs> in that sense, it's an improvement. That FC Dallas game was awful. Um, uh, Alright, so... Yeah, anyway, we have a chance, another like, little kind of chance immediately after with Santi... Gets a long range shot. Santi, look, Santi looked kind of lively this game. You know, he, yeah, he was in and around some some good spots, but like, it 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 clearly wasn't like there's something missing. You know, whether it's the individual ability to get himself a goal or just like the ability to like create more dangerous chances for his teammates. Like, it's not True. that he looked he bad, might, but he might have a slip pass through to Nizgota here. If you uh, look, see, I think because he catches the defender going the wrong way, defender's going forward, and he's just going backwards. Like, I think if he just plays this on the ground right here, like, I see what you're saying, and you're probably right that that would have worked, but that's so like the, the you have so little time to realize that, and once you're already winding up for a shot, it's really difficult to change your okay. mind there. Okay, that's fair. Um, uh, I like the confidence though from Santi. Yeah, that's what we need. That's what you really need, especially from a young player. Like you got to get his confidence up. Keep shooting, Santi. You're gonna score. Uh, just ask David Ochoa. <laughs> All right. Nizgoda didn't do a lot in this game. Nope. But he did do a little more than usual, and I'm going to give him more than fifty percent of the credit for the penalty that was. Earned. Yeah, that's fair. Because he is isolated on the wing, which. We've had this discussion before. I don't really get it, but Gio's a manager and not me, so whatever. Um, just abuses Gerard Moutinho, their left back. Um, the highlight pack, I, I swear this was a nutmeg. And I the highlight package cuts off right before it. Yeah, I know. It's annoying. So I can't tell. It's really annoying. But I'm, I'm like 99% sure this was a pure nutmeg. Um, gets around him, like... Play perfectly plays Paredes into space, catches somebody in a three point stance for all you American right. football players. He catches Damn, the that's funny. literal three point stance. Um, and uh, Paredes takes the ball and waits for the defender to foul him. Basically, yeah, there's that's, not a lot going is, on. This is an amazing move from Paredes because Paredes has no shot and no passing options, and there's like yeah. six defenders around him. He is completely screwed. Like he has nowhere to go because he, he waits. He waits a half second to take a shot, and at that point, there's absolutely no room to do it. Like basically, he needs to take touch and shot. Like, 
and he takes two touches and then kind of realizes, like, holy shit, I'm screwed, and cuts himself so that he's running parallel to the goal across, <laughs> like, 15 yards out and wait for someone to make a... of players. Yeah, and wait for someone to make a terrible tackle on him, which they do, and then just go down. I mean, he, there's no options to pass, <laughs> nowhere to shoot, nowhere to go. I mean... It, there are eight Orlando City players closer to him than the nearest timber. That's not an exaggeration. Like that is <laughs> literally, exactly yeah. Literally, not counting the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Holy it's, crap! It's a really, I mean, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a his quote in post game. It was is through a translator, so it's always tough. But mm-hmm. he said something like, "Fortunately, they they cut me down and <laughs> won the penalty." Yeah. Yes, definitely fortunate. Yeah, I mean, he was yes. going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I remember I was I was curious to see. It's clearly a penalty. You know, they checked it, but it was never going to get overturned. Um, although, although I was scared shitless for about a couple seconds after this play because the referee took his t- sweet ass. He time did to take his time call. to call it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Brett is furious. I mean, he he like reacts when he doesn't get the call at first, and he's pissed. And then the referee like blows the whistle and points to the spot after the ball gets cleared. Yeah. So I, I respect it. It wasn't like egregiously long. You know, he took he took his time to think about it and then made yeah. the right call. Um, and then it was checked by VAR, but it I don't it didn't go to monitor. No, that was that's um, never getting overturned. That's a clear foul. Anyway, it's a really we, we stupid were, we were, foul. Yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> foul. Unbelievably bad. Uh, it's Perea, the substitute number twenty one. I I think right. Oh, uh, um, uh, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking for names. And I'm, yeah, yeah. Andres Perea is the one who commits the penalty. Uh, he had come on ten minutes prior for Tesharek. That's Miller. tough. Uh, really, I mean, it's just the over eagerness to win the ball. I mean, that it's it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, also, anyways. at this point, Orlando were in a back five as well. Uh-huh. I noted this because Schlegel came on for Pereira, and they went to a full back five. This dude, Robin Jansen, who's in the middle of that back five. Like the, yeah, the we could not get by him. Blonde boy that was in back there, he was just a looking brick wall. Looked super, looks super Nordic. Yes, yes, extremely Nordic. Um, but yeah, Paredes rolls the penalty in. Calmly. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but like real quick, Paredes takes the penalty. Yes, Let's stress that real quick. Point. Like, yeah, I, we were all wondering, like, you know, who's going to take it? You know, Paredes steps up and takes it. He earns it. He takes it, which I like. You know, I like that. Blanc, I would have been cool with Blanco. I would have been cool with Yark uh, taking it. I kind of like Paredes having taken it. You know, like, he's a player who can take penalties. And, like, if he wants it, like, yeah, let him have it. He earned it. Well, you know? He earned it. And Also, we've talked about this we, before. We, we mentioned this, like, every penalty at this point. But it's it's worth mentioning again. Oh, I thought you were going to say Oh, that. yeah. It should, it, I think that, like, there should be a change in the rules where, like, whoever wins the penalty takes it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get to choose. If you win it, you take it. Like, that's that. Yeah, you should be required to take it. Yeah. Like, tell me that doesn't make sense, though. Right? It does. Like, it's still a penalty. It, I, I'm honestly... It makes way more sense than, like, letting whoever take it, you know? I'm in favor for and of that, little things that make penalties harder. Yeah, because what we're still at like seventy five percent of penalties get converted. I think it might even be more recently. And like, I don't know if seventy five percent of like penalties that are committed deserve to be goals. Yeah, 
Does that, I, I does think that that's absolutely the case. Yeah. So yeah, I think, and the other the other fun thing, which again, this is, I think what you said is probably more important than this, but like it would also help. There's a lot of debate about whether penalty goals should be counted as yes, goals. Yes. This would really help with that because you couldn't just give it off to your designated. Yeah, penalty you have taker. to earn. They it. would have to earn it, and then if you earn a penalty and score it, that's way more impressive. That like that, that like I feel like if you earn a penalty and score the penalty. That should count as a goal. Like that's reasonable for it to yeah. count as a goal. Yeah. Whereas, like, if someone else earns it, and you just take it. It's is way less of a good shot to count as a goal. So I feel like it would also make like the goal thing. Um, that it would kind of more be better for that. Yeah. yeah. Like I can see some potential problems in this. Like you know, sometimes there's just maybe somebody doesn't necessarily earn the penalty. But then I think it's kind of like, you know, say something. Like on handballs, like it's whoever kicked it or. Well, whoever kicked it or if it's just like a random handball, you know, like, some, like a scrum or I'm something. I'm thinking of, no, I'm thinking of even crazier shit. Like, like just stuff you would never think about. Like in the NBA, when a player scores in their own basket, oh, they yeah. give the points to whoever was closest. Like just give the penalty to whoever's closest in uh-huh. some sort of scenario like that, I guess. Uh, but those examples would be so few and far between that I, I agree. We should just have whoever draws the penalty takes the penalty. That's simple. Also, and I, I have absolutely no thought of how I would actually get this to work, but I want there to be more ways for there to be free kicks from inside the box. Because those are really mm. fun. I don't I don't know. That's facts. I, I love don't, indirect free kicks. I don't know like what the rule would be exactly, but I want there to be more of those. I can't remember there's the only thing I can think of that constitutes a free kick uh indirect free kick it's in the, the box is the back pass. pass. Yeah, yeah, it's the intentional back pass. I think that's the only thing. At least that's the yeah, one that where I can the remember. keeper grabs it and yeah. he shouldn't Oh, they should call that more, though. Honestly, they, yeah, they don't call it that much, and a lot of times they like they could. Because the thing is, like, it's like hens is like so a, hard to gauge. So like, right, yeah, refs feel yeah. scared to call it a lot of times. But yeah, they should just because those are so cool. They're so fun to watch. They really are, yeah. And it's funny because that's the so type of thing you would them, never like, practice. There's so few of them. <laughs> like, you've, I've already seen every one that's ever been attempted, like on YouTube. You know, like I need more. I need my fix. The best are the ones that are real, real up close to the goal. Yeah, and you like, try to hit it like the roof of the net. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they usually um, are if they're like more of them are a lot of them are really close. On an indirect free kick, if it hits an opponent and then goes in, is, is that it counts? Good? Yes. Okay. Okay. I can never remember that. I yeah. can't remember if you have to like square it first or something. But yeah, um, no. If if the opponent kicks it at like the keeper, you know, all you have to do is get out of the way, and it doesn't count. <laughs> but yeah. if it, it hits you. I think that happened in a game I was in. Like, someone took an indirect free kick, and the keeper went to save it and, like, touched it in, and it counted because Aww. they touched it, even though it was an indirect free kick. Dude, I always... I have a little... I have a small... I don't know how to fix this, but I have a small problem with, like, saved penalties being able to be rebounded back in. Like, the keeper's already saved it. Come on, give him a break. Like, I don't know. But yeah. then, like, if you hit it off the post, then you still can't just tap it in. Uh-huh. Which is weird to me. I don't know. Um, anyways, Paredes calmly converts it, sends the keeper the wrong way. You know what would be a real interesting idea is if, like, if you hit it off, like, obviously this would almost never happen, but if you hit it off the crossbar and it goes up, you have until the ball hits the ground to play it live. <laughs> so, like, I like let's that. say you bang or it Or if the keeper saves it and it's Yeah, still in the yeah air. if the keeper saves it up in the air, you can go for, like, a, you can try to volley it, or if, like, you smash <laughs> it off the top of the crossbar, you can, like, go in for a header or something. Not that that would, like, ever happen. It would happen, like, maybe one in every 20 shootouts, but still. Yeah. No, that, that would turn up the entertainment factor for sure. Uh, 
Okay, Prentice converts the penalty and then gives gives Tashjuara a strong greeting in the oh, goal. Oh, this was hilarious. He just throws him into the net. I didn't notice this at the time. Oh, it was yeah, it was bad. He just body checks him right into the back of the net because he's going for the ball, and of course, yeah, and he goes to cover the ball, right? Yeah. Which also, yeah. by the way, if you're if you, so, if a team scores a game tying goal, but they're down a man late in the game, like don't you want to get play going? Like I feel like they'd be going for the win. I remember. A game, a Timbers game, we were playing at Vancouver, and we had 10 men. Maybe it was even nine. I think it was 10, though. And uh, Jose Valencia scored an equalizing goal when we had 10 and they had 11. And he picks up the ball and runs back to midfield with it. And I was like, what's the deal here? My dad was like, well, you play to win the game. And I'm like, well, yeah, but we have 10 men, like, and we're on the road. This doesn't make any sense. Um so yeah, that's an interesting study though. I will say we had been looking like the better team since we went down to ten men. Honestly. We honestly kind of had, but it only been a couple minutes. I mean, true, true. Uh, so yeah, um, Paredes puts the ball in his shirt for a celebration. Of course, uh-huh. his uh, wife is pregnant with, a, or maybe just his girlfriend. I can't remember. Uh, pregnant with a girl. So congrats to him for that. Yeah, that was congrats. his way of announcing it. And then the club helped him make a more formal announcement about <laughs> it after the game. Um, but yeah, good for him. Yeah. Oh, also, by the way, we didn't even mention uh, it. Hits it right up the middle on the ground. Yeah. I kind of like. I kind of like it though. Like Ballsy. it is. It is scary, but I kind of like that penalty. Like hits it hard, but not too hard on the ground, right up the middle. Pretty confident take. I, I liked it. I I think of that. Pretty much as a Panenka. In a lot of ways, it functions similarly to a Panenka. No keeper is who stays home is not saving. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think it's easier to disguise than a Panenka because you actually yeah. are going for power, though. You're just hitting it right up the middle. I guess it's a little more... On second watch, it's a little more powerful than I thought at first. Uh-huh. It just made me... The problem is you don't want to do it too powerful, though, because if you hit it super hard, there's a chance that the keeper's legs will still be in the way. Yeah. So, like, you want, you want to take a little bit off of it, you know, just so, like... And he does he does well by... That's why he does well by putting it on the ground, because when the keeper dives, even if they dive late, the the fact that it's on the ground makes it almost impossible that they're going to save it with their feet. Yeah. Um, also, it's just very satisfying how when the ball rolls into the goal like that, it, like, hits the back of the goal. It goes up, yeah. And, like, goes, yeah. Okay, Orlando did have a few more chances. So did the Timbers, actually. Um, one of those chances, 89th minute, somebody, I don't know who it is, crosses, and Pato tries an audacious, or that's not even Pato, that's Moutinho. No, yeah, it's Moutinho. Uh, tries an audacious overhead kick, which doesn't doesn't come off. even come close. Um, Jimmy Char moved to right back. I forgot to mention that. After Van Ranken was gone, mm-hmm. I guess he's just like the, the backup. He's yeah. the extra... Um, guy back there now because he filled Bravo's spot when Bravo got a red card against LAFC. Uh, Blake Bodley comes on and kicks someone in the stomach. Instantly. Yeah, I'm going to also, I'm going to, I'm going to jump the gun here and say this is my MLS moment of the match. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Because Blake Bodley comes on and I don't even know if it's 30 seconds after he comes on, like a ball gets headed up and he swings at it right as one of the uh, Orlando players runs through to head it and just kicks him right in the chest. Like, he hasn't even touched the ball yet, no. and he picks up a yellow card for kicking someone in the chest. Like, 30 seconds yeah, after 90 plus on. 3 comes on, 90 plus 4 yellow card. I mean, <laughs> you can't write this stuff. I mean, um, And then, right after that, on the free kick, 
Pablo Bonilla, welcome back, Pablo Bonilla. Um, like tries to draw a like foul on Michelle or whatever. Uh-huh. They're like hand fighting, and Michelle like gently taps his face. I don't know. Me and Charlie were arguing about this earlier. I I think it's I I definitely think it's like a pretty serious foul. I think it could even be a red card. No shot this is ever. A red I don't card. know, dude. He he. It's clearly not like an incidental arm. He clearly hits him on the face on purpose. But it's like it's so. Soft. I get that this he doesn't. Is... I get that he doesn't hit him very hard. But he clearly hits him in the face on purpose. Like there's no doubt about no, that. No, he's getting his arm off of him. Look, I, he is. But like look, at the, look at the follow through there. There's no shot that was. There was no shot that was. This, an accident. Is, this is the end of the game. This is just some stupid soccer shit. Like this. This is not. Get grip. I mean, okay, I shouldn't say soccer because did you see this Lance Stevenson thing yesterday with Austin Rivers? Mm. Oh. oh my oh. god, with the elbow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, I did see that. That was insane. The Nuggets game. Dude, the NBA refs are really on blast. <laughs> mm-hmm. They they gotta figure something out, man. They gotta start finding the yeah. refs. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not a big Austin Rivers guy. Oh, I despise the dude. Rivers. But uh, that man did not deserve to be ejected. If you don't know what we're talking about, just look it up. Yeah, look uh, up Austin Rivers, Lance Stevenson. It's one of the worst. I mean, even if you don't, you don't have to know anything about basketball, and you can recognize it as one of the worst refereeing decisions of all time. Yeah, it's one of those sports videos that you could show to your friend who doesn't care about sports, and they'd be they'd laugh at it. Yeah, like it's 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 just that crazy. Um. All right, so that that whole ordeal causes like a minute delay or whatever. Michelle gets a yellow card, but they still take the free kick, which uh-huh. I thought was kind of funny. Um. And then. Uh, there was one more chance. Oh yeah, yeah, there was one more chance. Yeah, right, like right, right off the clearance there, like Two Johnson, chances, actually, Johnson like heads it right off the other center back, yeah. right to Blanco, who like picks it up and then is immediately fouled. Yeah, um, a very far away from goal with his back yeah. to goal. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the free kick we end up. Um, do we play it short or do we play it long and it gets cleared No, this is like a, this is like two minutes later. That's what I'm saying. This is like a completely different chance, I think. But I'm trying to remember like how the free kick went. Did we play know. it and, and it got cleared it or did it or did we play it short? It was one of the two. I don't remember which. I don't know. Either way, the the real chance that came at the end um was in the 96th minute, so a full minute after uh-huh. 97th minute, the a full minute after the end of added time. Yeah. Uh. Blanco plays it into Paredes. Paredes getting getting swifty in the box. Um, he does a really good job to like wait for the runners to come. One of those runners is Blanco, who he lays it off to, gives him an open path. Yeah, it does goal. really good to like off balance the defender and then cut it back because he really doesn't have a lot of space and like very little angle to work with. But he like manages to like keep shifting his body around, off balance the defender, and then lay off the perfect wall, waiting for Blanco to make the run. Yeah, lays it off to him. Honestly really really well done from Paredes that's like much harder to do than it looks because he has to like he's basically like has to like buy time with no space and no angle yeah and then pick out the pass I just remember what happened on the free kick you did Zach McGraw header almost fell to Eric Williams oh my god that's that would have right. been that would have been just the oh my god the narrative gods would have been smiling upon us yeah. for that one uh alas it's a save uh, going back to the the last last chance of the game, uh, this gets yeah. saved by Stajuhar. Blanco really wants that one back. Yeah, he Blanco gets like a kind of like a forty five degree angle on the goal, hits it on the ground near post. Gotta hit it harder. Gotta hit it harder. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's not terrible placement. Um, and it is a good save down to his right hand side, but he just doesn't get enough power on it. 
gives the keeper too much time to make a good save, and the game ends then and there. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was the last anyway. touch of the game, and one-one. Uh, can't say I'm super disappointed considering where I was at in the 76th minute, but yeah, I think all in all, it's about what we deserved. Maybe we got a little bit lucky. Maybe they got. I mean, we still have the best chance of the game. I guess you're right. We did. I guess. Yeah. I forgot about. All right. I'd say yeah. It's probably all in all about even. I think they controlled more of the game um, on average, but like we probably had the better of the chances. Yeah, I haven't even like looked at a ton of stats and um, stuff from this game, honestly. Um, let me let me just yeah. Check do they the have XG. the Do they have the XG? Because I think we I had didn't, it. I didn't look. Oh, at it. we big had it. Wow. Yeah, but I think, like, if you think about it, like, the Paredes penalty. chance and the penalty added up for probably, like, 1.5 or so. MLS has it at 1.9 to uh, 0.8 for Orlando. Yeah, but I, I think those two chances really skew it, but... We and barely the Paredes, also, the other thing is the Paredes chance was harder than it says because it was so far in front of him. Yeah. You know, it's not like, yeah. it's not like it was right on his head or right on his foot, like... So it actually was wow, harder than... really the outdueled us say. by a lot. They were winning a lot of duels, I guess. Yeah. Out-dueled and out-tackled us by a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, shots were dead even, like, in terms of, uh, well, not dead even, but pretty, pretty even. Much. Yeah, no, result is whatever. Uh, it's March. You know, I'm not too worried about yeah. dropping points in March with all the injuries that we have. But I will say I would have rather won this game. Going into the game, I would have liked to win. Yeah, this is when after after the Rams yeah. had our number. Other than MLS's back final, I mean, I, yeah, I, they kind of have. We were go. We were reviewing the the results in the preview last time, but um, anyway, player performances. Um, yeah, let's start with. We kind of touched on Ivicic already. He didn't have a lot to do. I mean, he's not saving the goal. It's yeah, another one of those exactly, ones where like yeah. <laughs> they're six yards out and they have the whole goal to aim at and there's no pressure on them. Ivicic is more or less a statue at that point. Um, I mean, yep. all he can do is yeah, be in the way. There, there's, and... there's, there's, there's nothing he can do really. I mean, try to close the gap, but he won't have time. Um, so anyway, uh, did what was asked of him again. Pretty nondescript performance. Not much to say. You know, yeah. couldn't save the goal, but saved everything else. But didn't really have anything hard to deal with. Um, outside backs, we we gotta we gotta start talking about cards with these outside backs, man. Yeah, they're giving away way too many yellow cards. Um, and we've had two games now that have not been ruined. The LAFC game was pretty much ruined. You know, we uh-huh. we blew a lead because of that red card. This game, I mean, I know we scored right after the red card, but like you never want to go down to ten yeah. men in this situation. Maybe we could have even pressed for another goal had we had. A, 10 men or 11 guys on the field. I mean, I think Bravo had a decent game all around. Um, again, he hasn't had like that. We haven't, it's his start to the season hasn't been like what we saw at the peak last year. Yeah. But he had a decent game today. Obviously, picked up the yellow, which was unfortunate, but you know, did, did all right um, yeah. overall. You know, made some decent tackles, was, was all right in the build up play. Um, Van Rankin actually had a really good first half. He had a couple of decent tackles, um, uh, some dangerous crosses. He set up that chance for Paredes. I texted Charlie at halftime. I was like, yo, like, g- pretty good Van Rankin half? Like, we were like, yeah. And, and then, then my MLS moment happened, which was Van Rankin pass, doing a back pass. Oh, that's right. To nobody. 
Yeah. It went straight. In fact, that might have been in the first half, actually. I think it was in the first half. Uh, yeah, he that. passed it to the ad board and gave away a corner kick. Um, yeah, anyways. Anyway, his second half was soul-crushing. Um, yeah, we've had 42 total minutes this year they're, now they're just red card time. There just really aren't words, you know, for, for to describe <laughs> his performance in the second half. And it's our job to come up with words. I mean, <laughs> we can't even do it, then shoot, I guess there's no words. Do you have something to say about it? I mean, no, it's terrible. It's He's been stupid. terrible. Decision-making, terrible. I would Defensive want, ability, terrible. I Offensive again, ability, nothing. I once again revisit the question I posed last time. At what point would you rather see Bonilla? Well, he's going to play next game, and we'll see how he does. True. I um, mean, yeah. Unless Jesus, we throw, yeah. like, left-footed Justin Rasmussen Like, Listen, there. I I, I know that I know that I've been very negative towards Van Rankin, and I don't necessarily want to be. Like, I was happy when I texted Charlie after the first half. Like, yo, this is, like, a good first half. This is the best I've yes. seen him all season. True. And I was actually looking forward to saying something nice about him. On the podcast, and I was like, okay, like, you know, like, maybe it hasn't been the best first half, but at least Van Rankin looked all right. Like, that'll be a nice change of pace. I get to, like, say something nice and not be, like, a dick. But he just sucks. I'm sorry. He's terrible. He's just terrible. We love players. There's there's no other, there's no way to dance around it. There's no other way to put it. He's just terrible. And it's a tough time to, like, have these sort of opinions because, I mean, in the... The context, overall context of this club, like the players are pretty much the only people we can like root for. Yeah. Sometimes. And even then, like some of them are <laughs> doing terrible things. Not all of them. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, we just, we want the best. For we want him to play well. And I know he wants to play well too. So uh, if any players are listening for whatever goddamn reason, uh, yeah, first no, of all, I'm, I would I'm highly sure. advise you to stop. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure the first thing all the Timbers players do after they finish <laughs> up is look for the new double post episode. What? A, how did Reese and Charlie think I played? <laughs> oh God, that's the real. <laughs> who cares what Geo thinks? Like, yeah. let's get the real opinions in here. Well, um, suffice to say, I don't think Van Rankin's going to be coming on the podcast anytime soon. But yeah. Um, well, you know what? Uh, welcome to. All right, so so let's anyway. Moving on, Bravo. We talked about outside backs. Talked about goalies, center backs. Center backs played well. I actually, yeah, I thought both Other the center backs goal. played all right. I think that the goal was a defensive collapse, but I don't think it was solely the fault of the center backs. Although, anytime a somewhat team scores going up the middle, you blame center backs. Yeah, it was really everyone though. No one was in position in our back line. Uh, McGraw was out of position. Zuperich was not commanding the back line well. Van Rankin was not closing the gap. Bravo was who knows also where. Also the blocked Chara was in the mix, but not really marking anyone. Um, Espria, I mean, it just was like, we were all over the place there. So yeah, I suppose that's probably on the center backs, but I don't know. Um, Hard to pin down any one individual. Before we do holding mids, let's do wingers. Espria and Moreno. You know, we we touched on yeah. we are we already talked about Espria, like we don't really need to go over we it again. We talked about Moreno a little bit. And a little bit too. They just both need to be better. Yeah. If we're gonna win these types of games. We're gonna win That's... these games. Um especially at home. Yeah. Uh mid mids Diego Chara was Diego Chara, you know, he he's gonna do what he's gonna do. Not know? not an amazing game by Chara standards. I mean But like I don't know. He didn't get a yellow, and he didn't get a yellow, but he wasn't he wasn't like super involved in this game, either defensively or offensively. He was just kind of there. Yeah, below average game for him. Uh-huh. But uh, Jimmy, I didn't think played especially well either. 
Jimmy did not play especially well. He's doing that same like nothing has really changed on my thoughts on Jimmy since the last pod. Like he just makes the easy play on offense, which can uh-huh. be good if like everyone else is on the same page and making good runs. But when we're really struggling to like get shit going, it is tough. Yeah, when he's not like creating. Yeah. Um, Yaroslav Nizgoda, we kind of talked about it as well, too. I mean, I, I mean again, I, this is better. He was this is okay. better from him. He was okay. You know? Obviously, he had that amazing goal last week, which is yeah. unfortunately going to get overshadowed for the rest of the season. But that nutmeg, I mean, again, I give him more than half of the credit for drawing that penalty because uh, he put the ball in that position in the first place all by himself. So I mean, that's a, it is crazy thinking about, like, the, the chances that we had considering the fact that our four, like, starting attacking options, none of them really played well. True. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, anyway, the one player we haven't talked about yet, though. Paredes. Paredes. Yeah. Who, I mean, again, going to jump the gun again, I think clearly man of the match. Yeah. Um, I, I, obviously he got the penalty, he got the goal, he had that nice assist, or that nice almost assist for Blanco at the end, but even, even other than that, he looked really good and really comfortable in the midfield all game. Mm-hmm. Like, even in the first half, I was like, man, Paredes looks pretty good in there. Um, yeah, and I mean, shoot, maybe we'll have a... I know we've been gassing up Williamson, and I love Eric Williamson. Uh-huh. Paredes keep play, keeps playing like he did, I almost said today, on Sunday, yeah. then shoot, maybe there's more of a position battle than we thought. I would still slot oh, I would healthy still, Williamson in I there, still but, think Williamson is definitely more upside, but Paredes played really well today, and if he keeps up this run of form, then he's going to be really important to have. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was just it was the comfort level too. I mean, obviously he did he he created some goals, some goal scoring opportunities, but like, he looked really comfortable in there, which he hasn't always looked like that comfortable in the midfield. Yeah, um, during yeah. his time with us, so I that was that was really good to see. Blanco, I mean, was Blanco? Blanco, was, I, I don't really need to say more. Than yeah, that. Blanco was clearly our best attacking player once he came on the pitch. Was involved in. Most of the pretty good much everything he had. Yeah. The only one he wasn't involved in was the penalty one, actually. True. Um, yeah. But even then, like that, even wasn't a really good chance. No. We just kind of got lucky that they fouled Fredas in the box. Yeah. Um. But yeah, pretty much. I think every shot other than that in the second half, Blanco was involved in some way or other. Yeah. He does need to get it his... or like getting or like setting up the play. We just got to get his shooting boots on and yeah. then he's back. Honestly. We've had, I mean, we've, it'll come with fitness, it'll come with practice, it'll get there. He looks good, you know, clearly yeah. is going to keep improving as he gets more fit and more in shape. Um, Williamson got it, we, ma- we mentioned this before already, oh, but yeah, Williamson yeah. got his first minutes. Yeah, good for him, that's all we really need to say about uh, that. Uh, bodily, whatever. Bodily, when he each got like yeah, two seconds in and doesn't really do much. Really do anything. Um, so I guess just MLS moments, which we already kind of talked about, uh, I feel, I feel like I had another one. I can't. Remember I mean, I think the Van Rankin tackle. Van Rankin tackle was great. The second one, but I think the first one really, like the one we just did as a football tackle. Yeah, that's that just comical. I I think the three point stance could be in contention. That actually is a really unique MLS moment. But like, honestly, I wish we'd taken a picture of it because like I feel like no one's gonna yeah. notice that. You know, unless yeah, you see we'll it. Uh, we'll try to fish it out of these highlights and and put it out there somewhere. But um. Uh, what else? Oh, the Van Rijn back pass was just gorgeous. Like yeah. that's that that is like why MLS moments were created by <laughs> us as a thing. Um, for moments like that. Um, uh, anything else? Grades, team grades, grades. Um, grade for this game, I'm gonna give us a C. 
That's what I was going to say, dude. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give it's us a so C. Boring. I thought we defended very well, which is why we're getting a C. But And we created we actually did create some decent chances. Yeah. But all in all, I just thought a lot of our players really did not play that well. And especially in a game where I was hoping to get three points and we were honestly we kind of scraped out a point at the end. I I don't know. I I think that our defense is well, but I was kind of unhappy with the way we played. So I'm going to give it a C. Agree completely. I mean, this was just kind of a... I don't want to call it a boring match because there were a lot of exciting moments towards the end of the game, but... The flow of the game was not super interesting. Um... I mean, we both have the same man of the match, and it was the center mid who scored the penalty equalizer. Uh-huh. Like, that pretty much... And we both gave the game a C. Like, that that sounds like a yeah. C game to me. Yeah. You know? um, all right. Questions? What else are we doing? Oh, do you want to talk? The... the So, after the game, uh, you might be downtown. We went to the Marathon Taverna. Oh, that's right, yeah. Nice little sports bar. Met our guy, Scott. Shout out to Scott. He's... Cool dude. Um, and we watched the uh, national team game against Panama. Yeah. It was quite good. Yeah, there's we've got we've got three national team games all yeah. in the span of between this and our last episode. The Mexico one, wow, the Panama crazy. game, and the Costa Rica game. Wow. Alright, so, honestly, yeah, let's 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 if you don't like the national team, that's fine. We're not gonna judge you. Like Yeah. We could talk more about these, but I think given the fact we've Kind of feels feels like kind of a long episode already. Just kind of brush through this, especially because there's yeah. three whole games. Also, I don't remember a ton about every game because I mean I don't watch the national team like I watch the Timbers. You know, uh-huh. the the Mexico game I thought was we looked we had the more dangerous chances in that game. Um, although I would say Mexico probably controlled more of the ball, and then towards the end Mexico was clearly pushing the issue. Um, yeah. Managed to get up Azteca with a tie. You know, we'll always take historically, always not take a bad it. result. Um, and Giorena we'll, has we'll, the sauce. We'll ruse some missed chances. Uh, Christian had one. Pfock um, had, had a really good one. Um, Giorena, you said like LeBron Giorena mashup oh. meme. No, I didn't. Oh, like after Pfock missed, he was doing like you know, LeBron. Oh yeah, 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 that, like yeah. LeBron Jr. <laughs> Smith yeah. meme. <laughs> yeah, like he had one of those moments after the Peacock, the Pfock miss. Um, you got St. Peter's on the mind, man. It happens. Uh, anyway, Panama draw, game, Panama fucking game. awesome. Panama game was awesome. I mean, yeah, I don't really. Have, the Christian had bought a couple cheap goals early on. Yeah, and the Christian hat trick was uh, pretty beautiful. Shout out Anibal Godoy for a few providing some MLS moments. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, in case you haven't seen it already, check out Christian's third goal because oh my lord, that was sexy. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was one of the oh, oh. my god. Whew! That yeah. was so nice. That was such a nice goal. That was awesome. And by then we'd basically qualified. We wouldn't have had to lose six nil against Costa Rica to. Although we tried, we tried, we tried, we tried our, our damnedest. Yeah, that Costa Rica game sucked. Um, it was we so boring. Really I honestly, I watched like a total of like two minutes in that game. I was just walking around the house, yeah, and, like, working on stuff. Yeah, that game. That game was really tough. We looked really bad. <laughs> I was making my T two spreadsheet instead. That's how boring it was. <sighs> Anyway, um, whatever. We still qualified. U.S. qualified for the World for Cup. For the World Cup. And you're allowed to be excited about that. Yeah. You're allowed to watch the national team. Uh, and whether you want to watch... I mean, God, it's just some, there's more controversy, too, about like the World Cup being in Qatar. Yeah, if you, you know, want to boycott it, like that, I, I, I totally that. understand yeah. that. I, yeah. I won't be boycotting it, but it doesn't mean that I don't respect your decision to boycott it. 
Exactly. Um, that's a, that's a perfect way to put it. I think, yeah, I mean, I totally get it. And I think it's a totally sound. There's lots of good reasons to boycott the world cup. Um, yeah, I just won't be because I really want to watch it. I mean, simple as that really. Yeah. I mean, I guess I will feel guilty about it. Maybe I'll probably feel know. a little guilty I, about it, but it, it'll, it'll be offset by the fact that it's the world cup. I think of it this way. The world cup is one of the, few things that we have in the world where it's supposed to be completely like sacred and completely uh-huh. like happy and fun and pure. Uh, and it's a real shame that like that's the human rights good. issues that Qatar and also has the gone fact through, that FIFA like, is like incredibly that. corrupt and like, well, yes, but I mean, I don't know. I guess in general, people look at sports kind of with a childlike amusement for it. Yeah. Only increases with the world cup. And, I mean, the importance of the World Cup cannot be understated. I, I do think that the World Cup really holds a special place in the hearts of many, many, many people around the world that just is, there's just not anything else like it. Yeah. I mean, you, the only thing I could say that really you could think about, can, like, is the Olympics, but I think for the Olympics vast majority... Olympics off. I, th- I don't think people are... I think for the vast majority of people think the World Cup is, like, way more special than the Olympics. Really, I mean, I, the Olympics are boring, man. I'm sorry, yeah, I just yeah, can't really get into it. They're they're fine. I ended up watching a lot of Olympics when I was during lockdown yeah. over the summer, but yeah, I forgot about that. I'd rather watch sports that I already know. But what's I happening. think I think like in terms of like like we mentioned the word earlier, the narrative, the narrative of the World Cup is always going to trump the narratives of the Olympics. Always. Yeah, with the Olympics, it's usually like the same stuff too. It's like, oh, so and so had this big injury setback, and now they're like coming through to do this. Like the like, like the oh, history great. of like the different nations. It's so, because it's so much more condensed. You know, you're mm-hmm. only not competing. You're competing in one event as opposed to like yeah. forty. You know, it's and it's and it's so like there's so and few it's games. The so world's I mean, favorite sport. Yeah, too. It's, I, not, it's so like, much more condensed. It means so much more. Like. The World Cup means so much to so many people. Yeah, a lot of times in, the, in every Olympic event, pretty much, you have countries that specify in a certain event. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, in this one, you know, in sprinting, for example, Jamaicans are like, they've produced a lot of sprinters over time. So, like, you expect them to do well. Like, in the World Cup, it's like everybody wants to do well in this event, in this sport. Yeah, it, it really, the World Cup really is amazing. Anyways. Um, yeah, that was a weird tangent. We just chat on the Olympics for a while. <laughs> I do. I Whatever. just love the World Cup so much. I, the like, World Cup. Is every awesome. time, every time someone brings up the World Cup, I just like. Again, it, it really does Smile suck that bit. like the the specific World Cup we're talking about is one in which led to the deaths of thousands of people who yeah. were treated terribly and exploited horribly. But I keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Yeah. You're. It's okay to watch a World Cup World Cup and still know about these things. Mm. Uh, it's also okay to not watch. So yeah. there's our spiel on that. As for the teams going to the World Cup, the draw is tomorrow morning, so by the time people are listening to this, they'll probably already have seen it. Uh-huh. USA's in pot two. Pot two. Uh, which is the second best pot. Um, so I guess we'll That's see. That's cool. That's cool, there, man. There's, te- there's some teams like in pot three that... Uh, uh, Did you see, the, you see the new FIFA World Rankings as Mexico at ninth or eighth or something like that? Really? Yeah, and we're like 15. And Canada's like thirty. Wow! Like what? Who who comes up with this shit? Uh, so like, there's some team. All the teams in Pot One, except maybe Qatar, because they're the host. They get to be in Pot One. All the teams in Pot One are better than us. Easy, like oh, by a mile. Yes. 
we would lose to any of those teams pretty easily, I feel like. Pop 2, um, I don't say we're Mexico's like the bottom of this. Yeah, we are pretty much you know, the worst team in Us, Switzerland, Mexico, maybe Uruguay. I would say no, the No, Switzerland. I think Switzerland beat us recently. It was a friendly, but still. Yeah, Switzerland, I, are, they knocked out France in the Euros. They're a good team. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that they're, they're, you don't know what you're going to get from Switzerland. True. We've seen true. we've seen some really poor performances from them over the years. I'd say us and honestly Croatia are at the the bottom of this. I, don't I mean, know. by rankings still wise, good. we are. Croatia is still good. Um, I think Uruguay is definitely on the demise. Denmark traditionally has not been very good, but has been playing great. They're going to have Eriksson back too. Yeah, and then Eriksson has scored two goals in his first two games. Yeah. <laughs> Germany. Okay, let's be real. Germany does not belong in pot two. Germany is. I mean, who are you going to kick out from pot one though? Also, you have to consider Italy would have been in pot one, but yeah. since they missed out, they're not in I it. guess maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know. I This is why FIFA World Ranking is kind of a weird way to do this for me. Yeah. But also, Germany, we now probably like, end up with weirder results. Yeah, the point is, like, way. there's definitely some teams I think we can compete with well in pot two, but I would say we're near the bottom end. Anyways, the point is, the each group is comprised of every team, like, teams from one, one team from each pot. Yeah, exactly. So we're not going to be matched with any of the teams from pot two, but... There are some teams in pot three that scare me. Like Senegal, Senegal scares the is, shit out of me. Senegal is scary in pot three. <laughs> um, Poland, you know, I know they're not what they used to be, but they still have Lewandowski. I don't, yeah, I would not want to face Poland. I, there's other teams yeah. in there I'd want. I'd rather face... Our MLS center back pairing can shut down Mexico and Raul Jimenez, but can it shut down Lewandowski? I'm not sure there's any team out there I would want to face less than Poland, except for Senegal. Um... Yeah, pot three, we'll just run through them. Senegal, Iran, Japan, Morocco, Serbia, Poland, South Korea, and Tunisia. I think you want Tunisia out of that group pretty clearly. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Japan is... I'd take Japan, I'd take Iran. Yeah. I'd take South Korea. Serbia, you know, had that huge win over... Iran-U.S. matchup. Morocco, Whoa. I'd take. Iran-U.S. matchup. I, I like when these games have, like, crazy political implications. <laughs> or, like, undertones, yeah. I guess. Um, even if it's not the most healthy thing, like, yeah, and bad stuff would probably come out of it from both sides of that equation. Uh, anyway. not from us, of course, but like, seriously, we're not racist. Um, mm. I would rather face team, a team like, uh, or I would rather face them than a team like, like Poland. Um, I also think Poland is just better. Well, yes, but, um, anyway, pot, pot four. No teams in here that I'm really scared of. I guess I'd rather... There's some I'm, teams I'd rather not face, but, like... Well, like we can't get drawn against Canada. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because they're in our federation, which uh, is nice. And I think they're the best team in They probably team. are. Uh, Cameroon are also in there. I'd rather not play them, but I think we'd be fine. Ghana are in there. I think Ghana would be fine. Yeah, but we always lose to Ghana in the World Cup. Is not the last thing. time. <laughs> wow, that's um, true, actually. I forgot about that. Anyway, Wales or Scotland... Um, I would rather not play Wales, to be honest. I have a feeling Bale might just tear us up. Um, Peru is the team here that I really don't want to face. And again, they're in a really? playoff against Australia, but I do not want to face Peru. Yeah. <laughs> so we were watching the uh, the Peru match <laughs> in the last stage of Coleman Bowl. Oh, and yeah. I found a YouTube. I could not find, like, we found a YouTube stream of it. And usually, you know, you just, like, check YouTube streams as like a kind of last resort type thing. Or like, yeah. okay, I doubt they'll bottom, have it. Bottom of the barrel case. kind of thing. I found one and it, it was a Peruvian stream, like for Peruvian television. 
I, I've never been more energized by a call. Yeah, um, the, the call was amazing. Like, we, I remember, like, I would be, I was in the kitchen because I was making food at the time, and I would hear the announcer start yelling, and I would come running out, thinking there's going to be a goal, and the ball's just, like, at midfield, they're just knocking the ball back and forth, and the announcer's just happened. going, the yeah. announcer's going nuts. Um, yeah. But to be honest, it was fun. It, it really, it made, it the, game, fun. It made the game, it made the game fun. It make the game better. Uh, but Peru might not make it out, you know, they, they play the winner of Australia and the UAE to decide who goes. Uh-huh. Costa Rica play New Zealand to decide who goes. And then we still got to figure out the Wales uh, um, playing the winner of Scotland and Ukraine. Which so. is likely not going to be resolved before then. Yeah, what's going to happen with that? Like, Scotland just gets awarded the match or what? Or do they award Ukraine the match? Or do they both just concede and Wales takes it? Like, I can't imagine either country is going to back down. I really don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to guess. I have no clue what's going to go on. Yeah. That's a bad situation. Interesting. Something to keep an eye on, though. I mean, all really all the playoff matches are something to keep an eye on. If you didn't watch African World Cup qualifying, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, uh, the games were crazy. Uh, the laser pointers, real quick. Yeah, laser pointer discourse. If you haven't seen that picture of Sala, you should check it. Just look up Sala laser pointers on Google. Because there was like probably 100 people at the <laughs> Egypt-Senegal game, which is in Senegal, with laser pointers who were basically pointing them at the Egypt players' faces the entire game. Whole game, yeah. Whole game, hundreds of them. Quite unethical, but I respect the grind. Honestly, you do what it takes to win. Eh, I like don't. I, I think that once the game has like once the game has started, like to me that's like almost sacred in a way. Like I don't I, I don't like as even as a fan be clear, I believe the match should have been stopped. Yeah. I wanna say that. I'm mostly joking about like the passion thing. but I mean I think about it in terms with those type of things and home field advantage, I think about like, you know, your fire alarm in the hotel gets pulled. You see, I remember one time in the Ajax Real Madrid game, like thousands of Ajax fans went outside the Real Madrid hotel at like three in the morning and chanted and sang songs and played music. I love that. See, shit. that stuff I feel like is very, very, very shithousery, but like I, I can kind of respect it. I feel like that's okay. But once the game is actually started, I feel like that's where like you got to draw the line. Yeah. Like they can't have an impact on the actual game. You know, you can make it as hard as possible for them leading up to once the game is started, like that clearly crossed the line, and I think the game should have been stopped and replayed without fans, if necessary. Wow. I um, mean, <coughs> I mean, just completely unfair to Egypt. If you watch the penalty shootout, the Egypt players did terrible in it, and it's hard to imagine that, like, the fact that they had five hundred lasers in their eyes didn't have something to do with the fact that they couldn't take penalties. Dude, why so, do people give us weird looks when we're when they walk by our window right here? I I don't know. I'm in my house. Leave me alone. Yeah. What are you looking at? Well, the, this dude that just walked. No, around. no, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, oh, you know, them. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We, we live here. What's the big deal? Uh. All right. What else? Oh, we have questions. Questions. How long? How long is this podcast? Uh, it feels long. It doesn't feel that long. Oh, I, it flashed a different number for a second. Yeah. Okay. I saw it. Sounds like. Um. All right. John says. Just wanted to say thanks for answering my questions, even if not about the Timbers. Of course, man. You guys can ask us any questions. It doesn't have to be yeah. about soccer. It can be about. It doesn't have to be about sports. It can be about like what's your favorite color, stuff like that. Uh, before I started listening to you guys, I was looking for a Timbers podcast. Uh, I found one, but when I started listening, they were bashing the USMNT, and I didn't like the vibes. 
Timbers also need a right back. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you slipped that in at the end there. <laughs> no, no question, just facts. <laughs> Simply facts. Also, hopefully the USA qualifies for sure tonight, meaning yesterday they did. And bringing out the banner after last game didn't jinx Yeah, that was always creeping in the back of my mind. Like, in my head, I knew That's, that we were going to qualify still. But, like, the, when we brought out the banner a game early, I was just like... We would have had to talk about curses at that point. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, six goals is like... That's... Yeah. Uh, Santiago Moreno, Stan. What's up, Roland? Says, our strikers need to make more in behind runs and activity off the ball. We have the service. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that well, okay, listen, there's there's two there's two aspects to this. Is on one hand you, you can have your strikers wanting to make more runs in behind, but I think also a big part of the identity we've been trying to form over this last like year and a half or so is one in which the forwards get involved in play in like combinations, mm. which I think is nice. And I, I, you, you really, if you're having them like, but I, I, I kind of agree in, in the sense that we need to make more runs, but like you kind of need to have it both ways almost if you want to have a truly yeah. dynamic attack. If you look at the best teams, you know, their forwards come back, play combinations, but they also mix it up by making through runs. And I think what we've seen is we've gotten too, like the way we play is not super conducive to a lot of runs in behind. Mm-hmm. which is fine, but I think the fact that like we need that threat to be there or else it's really easy for the defense to close the field. And that's what we've been seeing a lot of. Mm-hmm. Like even, like on the penalty, it's a perfect example. You yeah. know? We got the ball through to Paredes and the field just closed on him. And again, luckily they fouled him and we got a penalty out of it. But like if they hadn't, if they just stood him up, we would have turned the ball over. Because mm-hmm. it, it makes it nice and easy when no one's offering that. So we just need to like be more dynamic and try different things. you know. And this might help with what uh, Germain also suggested in our final question can we please talk about how hesitant we are in the final third it's like we're trying to walk the ball into the net all the time yeah i mean yeah the paredes example fits again there like we're not really going anywhere with that chance um i think he has go to that's something he can do he was making that run on the paredes header that was missed uh he was making a run on that one blanco chance i was talking about i'm sure he's making a few more at some point darting runs straight to the goal Poachers finish. Like, that's all we need. That's all we need. Um, obviously, it takes some creativity to work the ball around and get in those positions. But, uh, I mean, I, th- I think, like, yeah. one of the big problems with – and this is kind of a little bit about both of these. Um, but, like, if you look at, like, our forwards. So, we have Nijgoda, right, who's not fast, who's not really a get-in-behind kind of guy. Um, that's just not really who he is. Um, and then you have Santi, who definitely could be, but the way Santi likes to play, I mean, he's quick, but he really likes to drop back, get on the ball, and make things happen with the ball at his feet. Mm-hmm. So again, he doesn't make a lot of those runs. Yeah. Um, and then you have Dairon, who like probably should make a lot more of those runs, but just doesn't. Yeah. I think he likes to play more like Santi, but it's not really his strength. Made one run like that and scored on it uh-huh. this year. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I think that if Dairon made more of those runs, that would that would help the team out. And then I think the perfect, like, if you're looking for, like, a, like a, a case study, I guess, or, like, an example um, for this, look at Sebastian Blanco. That dude does both perfectly. He yeah. gets involved in the play, and he gets he makes runs in behind and gets himself in good spots. Like, it yep. really is crazy. But I think, the, like, talking about runs, runs and activity off the ball, Blanco has probably gotten in as many good spots off of, like, his off-the-ball movement as anyone over the course of the season. He's only played a third of the minutes. Um, in yeah. addition to like also get make creating a lot on the ball, so 
Everyone just needs to be more like Sebastian Blanco. I think the team would be better if we had 11 yeah. Sebastian Blancos. Well, defensively, we'd be a disaster. But, and, also, mean, and also, the yellow card accumulation would be brutal. would be scoring like six goals a game, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. <laughs> um, that's all we got. Yeah. I'm tired, dude. I feel like I need to take a nap in the shower. A nap in the shower? Well, yeah. Well, we only have about 10 minutes of hot water usually, so. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything else we can end on? Uh, what's our next match? Oh, yeah. There's more games. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, we play the Galaxy a little, on, a little preview. on Sunday at 1.30 p.m. It's also Jake's birthday, so happy birthday to Jake. Shout out. Uh, he doesn't listen to this, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's on FS1 which is on your TV uh, or your internet or probably YouTube or something. Um, It means John Strong might be on the call, which would be great. John Strong. And Stu Holden. What's your take on Stu Holden? Because I had a conversation about this recently with someone. I like Stu Holden. I always hate it when you ask me about this because you know so much more about broadcasters and broadcasting than I do. Like you're much better at evaluating broadcast of like evaluating announcers like this than I am. I mean, I like John Strong and Stu Holden fine. Um, I don't really have any strong opinions about them. I just feel like, I don't know, it's not something I like taking, I, not that I evaluate very well. Um, so yeah, the Galaxy have not been, they've been pretty good this year. They won that game in Charlotte with a crazy banger from Efrain Alvarez. They have Julian Araujo, who was on called up for Mexico's recent qualifiers. I'm just not really buying into the hype, man, like with Julian Araujo. I, I watched their game against Orlando City, or at least most of it, and he was the worst player on the field. Like He really? gave away their goal, and he missed like another chance and stuff. He just was really, really not – he had a really bad game. So maybe I'm missing something. Maybe, he's, maybe they're better than uh, I'm giving them credit for, but – oh, sorry. Uh, they're on seven – points right now which is one no sorry six points same as us but they have a we've played five and they've played four so i don't see us i don't see a reason for us to lose this game we're at home uh in this fixture last year we beat them three nil after uh derrick williams like destroyed a certain midfielder uh no longer on the team team. yeah and uh so yeah i i think we should win this game yeah. Screw the Galaxy. We still hate the Galaxy. Yeah, it would be nice to win the game and pick up some points. Um, we could use some points. Yeah, especially after they destroyed us last year in their place. Yeah. With that bi- bicycle kick goal. Um, As maybe a little payback for that 5-2 game we had down there with the Chara oh header. Oh, God. That, that's one, one of my of the favorite more Timbers fun games. games. Yeah, I was literally going to say that. One of the more God. fun Timbers games I've ever watched. Yeah, and they scored some nice goals in that game too. Like I, yeah, I remember that was Robbie a really Keane had a fun game. Yeah, that was a great game against Donovan Ricketts too. Uh huh. Yeah, see, I still remember that game really well. That's like yeah, because that's what sparked the the run really. Yeah, I don't think we lost a game after that for the rest of the season. So, yeah, let's Good beat times. the Galaxy. Good times, and uh, we don't really need to preview that. They played four games. Like, there's not really a ton we can learn. Get from them anyway. One one last note before we end it off, and I just noticed this right now looking at like the Timbers chart, <laughs> is that the Timbers' highest rated player on Sofa Score is Bill Tuiloma, and it's like not even close. Like he has like a seven point four average rating, which 
I mean, I'm sure most of you guys don't aren't super familiar with Sopa score, but that's like really, really good. Like for a center back, kind of unheard of. And obviously it's only like a four game sample size, but still. Kind of interesting that it's Tui Loma. It's been balling, man. It has been playing well. For New Zealand and for us. Yeah. Um and I think that's it. That's, that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good, good job. And uh, as go always, Timbers. go Timbers.